I'm Brandon. And I'm Julianne. And welcome to Movie Quest. Welcome back, nerds. It's Friday, so it's time for another episode of the Movie Quest podcast from Nerd Nexus. On this super strange edition of the Movie Quest podcast, Julianne and I are talking about 2016's Doctor Strange, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, directed by Scott Derrickson. We talk about a lot of actors, a lot of weird stuff. We talk about Thor a little bit. Are we really, really out of order in the MCU? Abso-fucking-lily. But does it really matter? No, because we're leading up to the last few films of Phase 3. So, have a listen. Okay, we are back, and we are going back in time. Do you know why? No, because this movie is set in the past? No, it's not, but we should have watched this basically first after Civil War. Uh, Okay. But we didn't. Okay. And that's okay. What are we watching? So we're traveling back to the year 2016 to watch a five-year-old movie. What are we watching, Julianne? Doctor Strange. It's actually funny that you <laughs> that it came out in 2016 because what a strange year that was for us politically. Was it? Oh yeah, <laughs> it sure was. Yeah. Fuck it. Anyway, um, anyway, Doctor, it should be strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. MD. I like to think of like in an alternate reality, maybe there was like a show on ABC, like Grey's Anatomy, but it's Doctor Strange. You know how like Marvel always plays with different genres and stuff. I wish there would be a show that's like a fake show about Doctor Strange, but it's like kind of like Grey's Anatomy, where he just goes through his life being Doctor Guy. That, that makes me chuckle. You can make a million dollars. Pitch it to ABC. Deal. I'm done. I like it. All right. So are you, are you stoked for this movie? It's We're going like, we, ju- we just finished our last our Spider-Man Homecoming, and now we're going to crank out another. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know literally anything about this movie. The only thing I know, I thought he was blue. You thought he was blue? You had something. <laughs> what? You Okay, so this is my thought. I thought he was blue. Okay. What did you read? Uh, it's a blue. comic book that came out, mm-hmm. and the guy on the front is blue. You must be thinking of The Watchmen. Yes. That's Dr. Manhattan. Oh my god, my life's a lie. <laughs> I, okay, the whole time I thought it was him, bald blue guy. Yeah, no, Doctor Strange isn't bald, nor okay. nor is he blue. Okay, well, alrighty, then really I know nothing. Yeah, Doctor, yeah, okay, so just a quick recap. The Watchmen was a comic book that came out in about, as a graphic novel that came out in a serial format mm-hmm. over the course of maybe eight or ten epi- or, uh, issues, and it was written by... Um, Oh, fucking what's his name? I want to say Alan Rickman, but that's clearly the actor. Maybe Alan Taylor. Anyway, um, sorry. Shout out, bro. I 
can't remember your name right now, but yeah, the Watchmen was a released by I think DC Vertigo, and it was a sort of a examination of what it means to be a superhero comic and stuff. And so they created all these characters for that that were completely like they're kind of based on other characters, but completely different, not related in any way to what we're getting into today. Which means that you actually know zero about Doctor Strange. I know Strange. Benedict Cumberbatch is in. Is that his name? <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Cumberbatch. That's right. Cumber- ben- What's a ben- cummerbund? That's a, a cummerbund is when you wear a tuxedo. It's that thing that uh, like goes around oh, your belly, yeah, yeah. presumably <laughs> to like just hold your belly in place or whatever. So, do you think that Benedict was a good choice for this role? Yes, extremely. I'm glad you asked that. We didn't even plan that, but that's a good question. Um, so. Right after the first Avengers movie came out, and think in January of 2013, Kevin Feige said to the press that Doctor Strange would be appearing in the MCU. Which, as you will learn in this movie, this is quite a departure in terms of the themes and what have you that we've seen so far in the MCU. So a lot of people are very speculative on how you could pull this off and what would it look like and that sort of stuff. And um as part of the development of this movie like it took them many many years to find a director and find an actor and you name the actor he's been was he was considered for doctor strange uh, but ultimately they kept coming back to benedict cumberbatch he, i remember this like it was yesterday he was rumored from the fucking get-go that it was going to be him he of course kind of gained his initial fame from playing sherlock holmes on the bbc and he was also uh, in Doctor Who. And uh, Doctor Who, I know, Doctor Who is a totally different Doctor also. Too many. That's just an old British show from the 60s that is Dude, still... There's like a cult following in that. Yes. Yeah, so Doctor Who is basically just the most British program that's ever existed. <laughs> and it's about a time-traveling dude called the Doctor... Sometimes he's not a dude also. He's like an entity that's like an alien, I guess, or whatever. And he like inhabits other people's bodies. And then they do time-related shenanigans. Sounds weird. Basically, it's Quantum Leap, but for British people, Hmm. as I understand it. But anyway, uh, he fucking Cumberbatch was in that, you know? I don't know, whatever. And so also in Doctor Who was, remember Karen Gillan? From she plays Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, yeah, she was in it. She got her start in Doctor Who, which is playing side character girl. Yeah, lots of famous actors. Oh, that guy. Oh yeah, we would never know. Like, there's a devoted. Yes, you're right. A cult following, but you know, Americans don't really watch that shit. Um, so yeah, so um, there was lots of lots of casting choices, but everybody just kept coming back to Benedict Cumberbatch, and fans were petitioning for it to be him. And he was actually, as I understand it, he had turned the role down and said, listen, like, I sounds fun. I'm interested, but I don't really, he did the whole, like, I'm an artist, man. And I don't really want to like do all the stuff that goes with being in like a franchise that has 90 different movies. And, Mm -hmm. and also he was already, yeah. And he was already committed to other projects. And he said like this, like they wanted to film this movie in like 2014, 2015 and his schedule and accommodated it. He was already booked for other things and he said i can't do it bro and they talked to like allegedly they talked to ryan gosling they talked to keanu reeves they talked to you fucking name it like they were like oh what do you think about strange they in fact as we understand it they were 
this far away. I'm, you can't see this if you're listening, but it's like less than an inch away from casting Joaquin Phoenix to play Doctor Strange. But again, same concerns. He was like, oh, franchise, man. I don't get to do be an artist or whatever. And they just kept coming back to Benedict Cumberbatch. And what they ultimately decided to do was alter the filming schedule for the movie to accommodate him. That's how mm-hmm. bad they, that's how bad they wanted him. Nice. Yeah. So uh, they got their guy and I think it turned out for the best. I think he's awesome. I, you could probably count me among the people who are generally skeptical of Cumberbatch at any given time in his career. There's, t- I, I've never seen him in anything I didn't like him in. I just always kind of look at him kind of side-eyed with like, what's your deal, man? Are you legit or what? I always look at him and I'm like, why the long face? <laughs> Ooh, got him! Oh, just kidding. Nice man, nice man, I'm sure. He is a nice man. And I... After seeing him, Doctor Strange, like I'll, I don't know that I'll ever be able to see him as anything other than Doctor Strange. Because so, what is he a doctor of, and what's a superpower? All right, I'm glad you asked. He is quite literally a doctor, a gynecologist. <laughs> no, he's like a surgeon. Oh, okay. as you will see in the movie, there is a lot of medical situations in this movie. He is quite literally a doctor. Okay, and I think you're going to dig this next. One. I don't want to spoil it for okay, you, so but. You are, uh, how would I say this respectfully? You're a child of nature. You believe in the healing powers of Mother Earth and the cosmos. Uh, no, holistic medicine. Moon stuff, bro. Holistic medicine. You're into different. moon shit. Um, so Doctor Strange finds himself in a bit of a situation where he has to investigate more holistic ways to cure his illnesses. He has an illness? We'll see what happens. I'm not going to spoil it. Okay. And so this leads him to the mystical arts. Magic. You, magic. That's right. And so he becomes, he is Dr. Strange. His name is Stephen Strange, and he's literally a doctor. And there are many jokes in the MCU about this that are really funny, but we'll get to those later. But, uh, yeah, he's a doctor, Doctor Strange, and but he has to relearn everything that he thinks he knows in order to beat a hidden foe. All right. Sounds kind of cool, cancer right? Cancer within his own body? I guess we'll see. We'll see within he the- He must have been microwaving plastic. <laughs> what was that thing that happened to us where I was like, micro- where I microwaved a fork? Uh, you microwaved foil. <laughs> <laughs> Grew up in a barn. <laughs> like, that's like, um, yeah, the, I don't even know. How that. did I do that? Was I... It, you were heating up a taco or like a breakfast taco or something. And I was like, no, that's cool. I don't, rem- I don't remember. I, I think I said... I, I labeled it as fake... No, I think there was a spoon and a bowl of beans or something like that. Or like I just remember seeing a, a chili. spark and like looking at you and you like were genuinely like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. Woof, woof. And this is why men get married. Yeah, help me. (laughs) Help me. Uh, me. I'm dumb. (laughs) Oh, no, you're not. Remember when I almost cut my finger off in a beer can? I was not there for that. Just got the bloody pictures. Yeah, see, I'm dumb. I need your help. Anyway, so that's Doctor Strange's kind of thing. I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, it's it's a pretty significant departure from the rest of the MCU. And I think that's definitely a good thing. And you're, you know, you know... WandaVision exists now and you know about Wanda. Her powers are kind of witchy and weird and stuff like that. So this movie starts to really sort of 
lean a little bit more into that. You know who they got to direct this movie and write it? No. The director of Insidious, the horror movie. Is this a scary movie? No, I would not say this is a scary movie. But it's got elements of... Horror. (laughs) No, not horror, but just like a character who is a fish out of water sort of thing and is trying to go through something that they don't understand. And there's definitely some fantastical elements for sure that are pretty fascinating. But uh, yeah, they went and got Scott Derrickson and uh, he directed the movie. He also co-wrote it with John Spates, who's got a long laundry list of credits uh, in the industry. And also another co-writer guy who gets credit is somebody who I've had lots of interactions with on Twitter and Austin resident, C. Robert Cargill, uh, who hosts a podcast called Junk Food Cinema, and he's also a published author and a dude who used to write for a movie website that I've been reading. Well, I don't read it anymore, but it was reading since the 90s. Um, he used to go by the name Massaworm, and he used to work at, I think he worked at, um, not uh, Vulcan Video. I think he used to work at Vulcan Video in South Austin. And anyway, just longtime Austin film critic guy, and he has a writing credit in this movie because him and Derrickson are tight. And when they pushed the schedule of the filming back for Cumberbatch, they had time to do another pass on the script while they were waiting on Benedict, Ben as I call him, or Benny. And uh, they, yeah, they they kind of rewrote the script and really tightened it back up a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, pretty cool. So nice. Yeah, going out once again, Marvel. At this point, you know, the movie came out in 2016, so they've already had one and a half Avengers movies come out. They can go get whoever they want at this point. Name the actor, name the director, name the talent. They can go get them. There's going to be other movie or other actors and actresses in this movie that you will recognize, but we can talk about that more afterwards. I. What else you got? Any okay. questions? Anything you're hoping to see? Boobs. I don't think there are boobs here. There might be some man boobs. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. Um, no, no other questions, Your Honor. You have any questions? Or any other? Okay. All right. That's fine. Let's just get into the movie. You ready I to do it? I too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to go take a nap, and then we'll be ready to watch it. Let's crank it. All right. Woo. Hey, I love you. Love you. Okay, let's watch Doctor Strange. You ready to get strange? Ready to get weird. Let's get weird. Let's talk about Doctor Strange. All right, we've watched it. What did you think? Right off the bat, initial thoughts. Oh my gosh. That movie's right up my alley. You lo- you loved it? You I it? loved it, and I want to watch it again. Really? I want to watch it over and over and over. Really? Yes. I feel like this movie represents so much of my own spiritual awakening and people who... I don't know, like, I feel like people who were, like, raised in the Bible Belt and, like, only saw, like, have only seen a very limited part of, you know, they have very limited thinking. This would really open their minds to 
the possibility that something else is out there. And, mm. you know, it's just the whole entire idea that like he was really humbled and just the graphics were amazing. Right. Like you, that opening sequence, you leaned over and you said two things. At one point I wrote down, you said that was badass, And then you said, is that Tilda Swinton? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Like I loved the whole like ninja vibe. Okay. Like Mayan ninja vibe. I don't know. Like, you know, the outfit he was wearing at the end when he shows up in the hospital through the portal and he's wearing that like black samurai outfit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like just that whole vibe and just how they're like, I don't know. Like he's like, I don't believe in chakras and energy. And it's just like. Which as moon baby, as I've said, you are. You've probably heard people say things like that before, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's like people don't understand it. Because they're, you know, they're scared of it because they don't understand it. Right. So would you say this is the first Marvel movie where you really, like, sort of connected to it on, like, a personal level? Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, all the other ones are, like, you know, have their own thing going on. And I just, like, this is so important for people to see. Yeah, for sure. So how many Stranges would you give it? How many, how many Eyes of Agamotos would you give it? I would give it... 9.5 Benedict Cumberbuns. Wow. <laughs> so you fucking loved this I thing. loved it. I, I didn't even write that much down because I was so engaged with the movie. Nice. Yeah, I loved it. Nice. Yeah, okay. So this movie really, like, it really gets you involved at the beginning. Um, with the the first opening sequence is when uh, Caecilius, the uh, estranged student of the Ancient One, steals a book out of the, of the book of... Uh, Cagliostro. It's the part about the spell to, I don't know, summon some dark energy or whatever, whatever. And so um, the Ancient One sort of stops the heist by doing a bunch of crazy ass magic stuff, which is really our first intro into magic. As we I love said, ass magic. At, what's ass magic? You, you, like you, like I said, you had quite a reaction to that. Tell me about what you thought about. That opening sequence and also just in general, like the use of magic and like the visual effects of the magic, like the hand stuff that they were doing and also the buildings changing and all that. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, it was just so unexpected and like very Inception like and um, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, Mar every Marvel movie starts out in like a really crazy action way, but this was just so different and... I, I mean, did it help that you had no idea what you're going into? Yeah. Like doc, this yeah. was, so this was our introduction. Like this isn't the final introduction to a new character in the MCU, but this is definitely the last major, major one. Um, and I mean, you and I had barely talked about Dr. Strange at all, except that I told you, I thought you were going to really love it. Um, but did you, you, you thought he was fucking Dr. Manhattan from the Watchmen, So you really had no idea what Stephen Strange was all about. So you didn't expect any of this, huh? Yeah. So there was exactly. an element, element of surprise here mm -hmm. that really grabbed you. I, I thought Benedict was a very good choice. I know you were saying there was like a lot of controversy over getting him, not controversy, but coordination, I should say. Yeah. Um, and I thought he was really good. Um, he just like kind of was perfect, but yeah. you can't really explain why. Yeah. You mentioned that you thought he did a really good job of doing an American accent. Yeah. He says, just when we were watching this trailer again, he says energy, but he says it, you could tell he's like. Energy. It, yeah. Like <laughs> energy or something. I don't know. It's Internet. Uh, the internet. But I also thought that Rachel McAdams was really good. And You had no idea she was in this, I had did no you? idea. And I thought it was so interesting because I think that's why I didn't like Gwyneth Paltrow initially because she just has always played like such 
boring, ordinary roles. Yeah. And, like, this role for Rachel McAdams was, like, a pretty ordinary role, too. You know, it was just, like, doctor, love interest, you know, like, yeah. nothing too crazy. But she just did it really well. It was just very convincing. I think it's intriguing that uh, the the use of female characters in this movie is definitely an interesting one. Um, there are very few of them. In fact, there are only two. And here's a fun note. The ancient one, Tilda Swinton's character, is a male in the comics. Oh. And so they kind of typed a cast against type a little bit, which Marvel has tried to do a reasonable job of that. I think throughout the MCU, we'll throw a female in when it could have been a male or vice versa uh, or a different race or whatever. When it's plausible, you know, hey, let's let's diversify a little bit. And hey, kudos to them. That's great. There was a lot of controversy casting Tilda Swinton as the ancient one. But Tilda Swinton has, I mean, literally always played very um, ambiguous or androgynous androgynous characters. Uh, And so I thought that was totally fine. And that obviously a really, really strong character and a central part of the storyline. And Rachel McAdams, while I appreciate, I guess that she wasn't made to just be a damsel in distress. In fact, she did not figure into the overall plot of the movie outside of the Steven trying to help her and getting rebuffed sort of plot line. But I mean, other than, like, after she saves his life in the hospital, does she ever even have another appearance in the movie? Yeah, I don't know. I guess not. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, there's not, there are, I think there we see a couple of female people at, at Comertage, but other than that, I mean, we don't really get a whole lot of female characters, which is an interesting note, but perhaps beside the point, but, you know, it is what it is, so... Yeah, I thought casting was all really great. Like I said, I have a really, I will always have a really hard time picturing Benedict Cumberbatch as anybody other than Doctor Strange at this point. Mm, yeah, I thought the whole humbling aspect was really interesting. Like, it's a known fact if you know me, I do not like cocky people, even if you can back it up. Like, I'm all about the hu- 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 humble life, humble humility, humility life. There you go. Um, so, but, go ahead. Well, okay, so the part you're you're kind of talking at the beginning, he's badass doctor, he's doing trivia while he's operating on patients, which seems a little irresponsible, sir. But uh, he's got super badass house, he's putting on the tuxedo, the watch part is really cool, where he's trying to pick out his watch, you're like, whoa, this dude's a big time baller. He's got a speaking engagement, and he has his Lambo that he's driving. Did you catch, I think, by the way, I've never actually heard this anywhere else, but I'm pretty sure this is a reference to the events of Civil War. Which gives you an idea of when the events of Doctor Strange take place. When he's in the Lamborghini and he's driving, uh, his assistant or whoever that is, is trying to give him cases that he might be interested in. And they something say something about 35-year-old male, severed spinal cord in some kind of exosuit accident or whatever. I think they're referencing Rhodey falling when they're in Germany. Oh. And remember, he broke his spine, and he has the oh yeah, he the, can't walk. Yeah, the leg thing. I think that's a reference. Like, mm. I think that there has been some conjecture among fans about when when Doctor Strange takes place in the MCU. There are events later on in the MCU that might give it a better idea of of when all this took place, or at least rule out some possibilities. But there's nothing to suggest that it could have taken place 
before, during, or after the events of any of the Avengers movies. Mm -hmm. We simply know that it takes place before Infinity War. That's it. So it could be many years before. Um, And the the state of New York City seems to suggest that maybe it happened before the Battle of New York when Loki attacked New York in the Avengers first movie. Mm -hmm. But I think that that is a reference to Rhodey's accident in Germany, which took place in 2015. Did you think of that yourself, or did you read that somewhere? I've never read that anywhere, actually. Oh, that's interesting. That literally occurred to me as I was watching it. I was like, oh, shit, and I wrote that down. But anyway, yeah, Don Cheadle. Shout out Don Cheadle and Terrence Howard a little bit, but also Don Cheadle mostly. But yeah, you're saying he got humbled because his car wreck and he couldn't use his hands, and he Mm -hmm. had to find a new alternative way to get back to his old self, right? And he was still kind of cocky for quite a while after that, you know? Um, but yeah, it's a nice, a nice humble story. Um, something else that I thought was kind of annoying and it's like the whole Captain America Bucky thing, how like, at least to me and granted I space off sometimes, so maybe I missed it, but there's just like not a huge background relationships. You're like, why are y'all so invested in each other? You know? So I feel like I didn't know that Rachel McAdams and Benedict Cumberbatch were a thing until you see, like, the watch or whatever, and her name's Christine, right? Yes. And he, like, reads the watch, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I love you forever, whatever the fuck it says, but I had no idea that they were, Some like, love bullshit. That they were a thing, like, they have the banter at the beginning, but, like, it just yeah, seems it's, like... Yeah, it was kind of a Aaron Sorkin walk and talk, where they're walking through the hallway trying to get to that surgery or whatever, and... He says something about, oh, so are you seeing this guy? And then he makes a reference to, like, we were barely even dating or something like that, right? Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, that's definitely, that's really the only backstory you get about their relationship. So, mm. which I just nice. wish that there was more into that because it would have been more buy-in for, like, them, you know, him, like, telling her to fuck off, essentially. Sure. So, anyway. So he seeks out uh, alternative medicine. He hear, apparently he wastes all of his money on all sorts of different strange treatments, no pun intended. And then he hears about this dude who used basically Eastern medicine to heal himself or whatever. So he goes to seek out Kamertage. And that's when we're introduced to the Ancient One. And he has his first astral projection experience. And it gets real trippy. Uh, the Ancient One knocks him out of his body. And he, like, flies through space and that whole sequence. What did you think about that? Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking of. It's the part where she's, like, essentially, like, oh, you don't believe me? And then, like, you just see, like, the most insane stuff. Yeah, it's, like, kaleidoscopic. uh, It reminds me of um, Contact with Jodie Foster. Ooh, interesting. Just really, really cool graphics. And it also actually reminded me of Guardians of the Galaxy, the second one. Okay. When they do the space jump thing or Everything's whatever. Everything's just like rainbowy and like glittery yeah. and things. So, it was just like, whoa. I am not a giant comic book reader, as you know, but I think a lot of that stuff, like that kaleidoscopic, like his first trip through the multiverse kind of thing was pulled. A lot of that was pulled directly from the Doctor Strange comics in the 60s and 70s. Uh, influenced a lot of the visuals on this. This movie was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, oh, which, no would, which would not surprise you, I think. But it, it didn't win? Uh, I don't know, actually. Good question. I did not mm-hmm. look that far into the research. Uh, you already mentioned it, but I specifically want to talk about this, the Inception-like vibe on some of the city stuff. What did you think I about I honestly that? forgotten about the that part until you just mentioned it, the, seat, the, the buildings moving. Yeah. And, you're just like, whoa. Like, it's just like, very mind-bending. Super trippy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, that that opening sequence with the ancient one where she was moving things around and they were jumping on the side of the buildings and it was we learned later it was the mirror world so it was all kind of happening adjacent to the reality that we live in right now but then we get the sequence in the middle of the movie where all the different like the city's like splitting in four different directions and it does sort of an mc escher thing where the cars are going down Mm -hmm. and around and stuff that was god it was super super cool i really really enjoyed that sequence and i'm really glad that you appreciate it to be honest with you but um yeah, they were talking about this is our first look at, I think in that first sequence, our first look at Dormammu, who is the main bad guy, as we learn in the movie. And the Ancient One mentions that there are things old, things worse than worse than and older than time in the multiverse. That was a reference to Dormammu. What did you think about that end sequence where Doctor Strange sort of makes time loop in on itself to defeat Dormammu? You were looking at me like you don't Remind know. me. Remind me. There's so, so much going on in this movie. So I was he, actually very engaged, but I really don't remember. He uses the Eye of Agamotto, which is the time... Re- it's a it's an infinity stone. Oh, yeah. He, like, reverses stuff. Yeah, so he locks himself in a time loop with Dormammu to hold him hostage. And he's like... Oh, I, he says, the I'm, dragon! Yeah, I mean, I get, yeah, it's not really a dragon, but I sure. I was thinking about the guy. They all have weird names. Um, and he yes, keeps and he coming... Keeps he, rem- he, yes. he comes back and he says, I'm here to bargain. Dormammu yes. come to bargain and he gets killed like a thousand times over. Right. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of weird because you think that something so ancient, this dragon man, <laughs> something so ancient wouldn't just give in so easily to someone fucking with him. You well, know? how long did he do that for? We're actually not supposed to know. We're supposed to think it should have been so long oh. that Dormammu, it wasn't just like the six times that we saw. It didn't seem like that. It's supposed to be like countless lives well they should have done a better job of representing that idea interesting noted so i was like wow you really gave in easy you hear that derrickson (laughs) next time my only critique for this movie actually fun note so scott derrickson wrote or directed and co-wrote the movie along with john spates and c robert cargill they were i don't want to spoil a whole lot for the mcu going forward but the next movie will be called doctor strange and the multiverse of madness and it will not be directed or written by the same team. Mm. They were actually, they signed on to direct the sequel, and then there apparently were some creative differences, according to Scott Derrickson, and he resigned from the project. And they are actually getting, and this is crazy, I think this is an idiotic decision, but I hope to be proved wrong. They are getting none other than Sam Raimi to direct the sequel. Oh, yeah, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, you may recall, babe, was the director of Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Shout out, Tobey. You suck. That's very weird. I feel like Sam Raimi's sensibilities are expired. I feel like he's an old director that this would be like... So that's the second Doctor Strange? Yes, which has yet to even be... I think they're shooting it literally right now. Oh, okay. Well, so it's not out yet. Maybe he uh, gave a good pitch. Maybe he did. I couldn't tell you. But we'll find out. We'll anyway. watch it in theaters, hopefully. Yeah, we'll watch it next year, next summer sometime. But uh, anyway, so uh, let's see. What do we got else here? Uh, other notes. Uh, Wong. What did you think of the librarian Wong? I thought he was nice. I liked how he was very, like, helpful of Doctor Strange. And, like, you know, he's like, oh, wow, you finished all these books. Here, let me give you these, these, and these. 
and just seemed like a very like knowledgeable guy. Yeah. But then at the end was like also very like defending of it. Right. So yeah, yeah. I liked him. What do you think? Um, I thought he, he's super cool. He it's kind of weird because he plays like the dual. He's kind of the the comedic relief, kind of like Ned uh, in Home, Spider-Man: Homecoming. But mm-hmm. um, but he's also very knowledgeable, kind of like Ned from Homecoming. So they have to use this character in multiple different ways and get some, you know, to an ex- extent, get some um, uh, expositional dialogue out of him. To hey, here's what the Book of Cagliostro does, and like talking, like we get a little bit of a scene with him expanding on what the Infinity Stones are. Uh, that's pretty fun and cool. Um, you know, he, he quickly goes from, you know, the adversarial sort of rival to Dr. Strange, who's safeguarding the library to very quickly, you know, being one of Strange's best friends, which Mm -hmm. is kind of cool and fun. Yeah. In general, I like Strange. I, I like Wong quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not. I'm pretty sure the character's name is Wong. In fact, in the comics as well, but he's played by the actor, Benedict Wong. Really? Yeah, which is fun. That is fun. Well, fun fact. What did you think about Mordo? Mordo was, uh, uh, gosh, what's the damn actor's name? Um, the bad guy? No, not the bad guy. That's Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, the black dude? Yes. He was like, oh, how he left at the end? He did, yeah. He kind of seemed like he was a little bit badder. But yeah, he was kind of Strange's best friend sort of a guy. Yeah. Gosh, I don't really have that many thoughts about him. Yeah, so he, Mordo, Baron Mordo, as we learned from the comics, he's actually, like, Doctor Strange's, like, long time, like, he's basically the Joker to Batman. Hmm. Like, Mordo is always Doctor Strange's biggest, like, chief bad guy. Maybe not chief, but he's definitely up there in the rankings of bad guys. So I found it interesting to be, to to note that he was kind of, um, played or played as a, you know, a, a, not a rival, but like a colleague of Doctor Strange in this first movie. And I think it's fair to bet that, you know, if he makes a reappearance, he'll definitely be as, uh, you know, probably a bad guy in the next. Yeah, the that'll next probably movie, be so. like the main conflict for the next movie. Yeah, uh, I'm. I always butcher this name. I've literally never learned how to pronounce this, but it's Chiwetel Ejio Ejiofor. That's his name in real life. Yes, in real Let life. Me bring that over here. Let's see. Let's see what you got. No offense, but uh, I've I've heard like actors try to pronounce his name at the Academy Awards and butcher it too. Shuetel, 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 Yeah. Well, we should look it up. He's a deeply respected Hollywood actor. He's been in so many freaking projects and stuff, but. But yeah. Anyway, he's he's pretty cool. And then yeah, Mads Mads Mikkelsen, of course, as. The main bad dude, Caecilius, who's got the weird eyes and stuff. You've seen him from a million things. Mm-hmm. He's been in, he was the uh, bad guy in Casino Royale. <laughs> He's been in Viking movie directed by Robert Eggers. Uh, all kinds of stuff. So he's super cool, super creepy. He's also um, Jin Erso's father in Rogue One in Star Wars, which is really cool. So And so, yeah, just in general, a really well-rounded cast. Lots of cool actors and actresses, and they all have something pretty interesting to do. Um, so yeah, uh, that about wraps it up for the actors and stuff. Just in general, the plot, you know, was really cool. I thought the idea was that time was the bad guy and that time kills everybody. And so the Caecilius wanted to stop time by introducing Dormammu to our world. 
And so Strange bargains with him by introducing him to time personally and then catching him in a loop. And so ultimately they defeat Dormammu. And I guess what happens is Dormammu kills... Like, he agrees to Strange's terms when they bargain. And he, like, kills Kaecilius and his goons or whatever as part of the bargain. Because they just kind of, like, evaporate away or something. I don't remember. We watched this, like, three days ago. Three or four days ago. Yeah. That's why I'm having such a hard time remembering. Something that I thought was interesting was, like, it seems like the bad guy with the long hair from the beginning, what's his name? Kermamu? No. Kaecilius. Kaecilius. With the, the weird with the scary eyes? eyes? Yeah. yeah, scary eyes. Like, he seemed genuinely convinced that he was doing the right thing. And sure. he was like, I remember he said something, and it was like, it's good. You think it's bad, but it, it, it's good. Right. Like, the darkness or whatever. And it's just, like, crazy, like. And Strange is like, look at your eyes, bro. Yeah, well, it's like, it, it made me think of, like, a crackhead or, like, someone who's, like, on drugs. Like, you think your life is all going well and you think what you're doing is crushing it man yeah headed in the right direction well on the outside looking in you're like yo you have problems bro yeah yeah i mean in general i think that you know that leads to a bigger discussion about the mcu in general there's it's often been knocked for having not great villains um and some of the later the latter villains are a lot more multifaceted and interesting and they're the things that sort of like you know, drive them or motivate them. And I think Caecilius is probably on the better side of the villains. I think in general, the best villain, the best regarded villain is probably Killmonger from Black Panther. He was multifaceted. He had a sad story. Oh, Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. He had a sad story where... I don't like that name for him. Well, that's his name, bro. Change it. I, I'll talk to Marvel Thank you. about changing his name. Thank but you. anyway... Uh, you know, he was multifaceted. He had things that motivated him that went back really far. Like his father was Wakandan and he had a claim to the throne and he wanted to change how Wakanda, you know, presented itself to the rest of the world to help other people out and that sort of stuff. So a multifaceted villain and there's other, there's another multifaceted villain coming up in the MCU. So I won't spoil that, but I would say probably Kaecilius is definitely got some interesting motivations for sure. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of villains where you're like, okay, like the dude from Thor 2. Like, what did you even want, bro? Oh, we're gonna, we're just gonna release the ether or whatever, bro, to like cause destruction or whatever, bro. Okay, guy. Okay. Okay, guy. It's mm-hmm. like we just need a bad guy to have a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would say Kaecilius is definitely an interesting one for sure. Um, I thought that the fight between him and Strange, like where when Strange first discovered the Sanctum Sanctorum the New York office or the New York place on Bleecker street. When he got, he got the Cape of levitation or the cloak of levitation for the first time. That was a pretty cool fight sequence when the bad guys went through the window and he like changed the dial to like change the location where they were at. And then the door closed. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Sorry. I'm trying to think back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have any thoughts about that. Sorry. Okay, (laughs) cool. Um, what did you, wasn't it weird when he got, he threw like that, like, armor thing on him and it like locked him up oh yeah that was cool so i was just thinking about how i thought that the cape was weird tell me why like it was just like... express your thoughts about the film we're discussing <laughs> i'm trying you love me dog <laughs> um i don't know it was just like <laughs> it reminded me of like someone from harry potter i mean i totally i'm with you like and there's it had a personality and it was weird oh it was like it's reminding me of the hat 
the um the, the sorting so- hat. The sorting hat, yeah. Where it like talks and like has a personality. She's like, ooh, weird. Yeah, I mean, like, there's like a whole man. I'm sure that the and some Doctor Strange lore person can probably say say a lot more about this. But there's just so many different like, um, like there are probably dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of different artifacts that have been imbued with magic power in the Doctor Strange universe that we barely even scratched the surface of. But like. Mordo had like a weird staff thing and he was like, it's the staff of, uh, you know, whatever, you know, but yeah, just like Harry Potter, there's like, they've got the Marauders map and all these different artifacts and doodads and whatchamacallits and, uh, frankly, MacGuffins that they use for the plot, which are pretty fun. But yeah, I, I mean, his cloak was definitely pretty badass. So what else to say about Dr. Strange? Um, I don't really have a whole lot else, but we have now, as you've noticed, discovered the final infinity stone. Or at least we saw all six of them on the screen at one time, didn't we? We talked, Wong talked a little bit about where they came from and they control different aspects and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that's this movie, isn't it? I don't remember that happening at all. Maybe that's one that's coming up. But anyway. um, I don't think we had them all out. He He did say the word Infinity Stone, though. Yeah, so we do know that Doctor Strange is in possession of an Infinity Stone, which is pretty sick. Um, so and we also know that Vision has one on his head. Vision. Can't wait to watch WandaVision. Yes, that's coming soon. Um, the only thing I want to talk about is, is the Ancient One and how the Ancient One sort of had a dual purpose role as being Strange's mentor, but also kind of being a bad guy. And you, but she wasn't because she was doing things for the right, but she was, she was doing things for the right reasons, but she was being hypocritical about them. Right. And you you turned to me and you said, like, is she going to turn out to be a bad guy? Mm What did you think about her role? And then she died. Like, she saw herself die, but she took herself out of her body to give one final speech to Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I don't. I remember thinking back and forth, like, is she a bad guy? Is she a bad guy or bad woman? Um, but I don't really, did we ever get like a conclusion on that? Yeah. So she was drawing power from the dark universe or the dark dimension the same way Kaecilius was and she was using it to extend her life Mm. which is hypocritical because she was saying to others don't access the power from the dark dimension because you know not how much you toil with danger or whatever and meanwhile Kaecilius is trying to do it and she's like don't but she's doing it the whole time don't do it bro don't do it bro but then she was doing it so I thought the scene where she dies was really really cool she had reached forward in time to see this moment and had never been able to look past it. Oh yeah. yeah it was that like was where that where the helicopter the lightning bolt came down and um they watched like time freeze as she was like extending out that one final moment of her life and then she flatlined on the table at the at the hospital, which was pretty crazy. I would love to watch this movie again. I, you know, I like do not have a good memory when it comes to anything really, but um, I would need to watch this a couple more times to really like catch everything. I think. Yeah, that's fair. It it did go by fast. It's only an hour and fifty six minutes long, it and was, I was I was very happy um, about that. Marvel movies need to keep it under two freaking hours. Well, I have some bad news for you. We got a couple long ones coming up. Okay, well we I'm on spring break. Holla! So let's watch them earlier. We can try. We can try. Um, by the way, speaking of our next movie, uh, we saw a cameo, a little uh, post-credits sequence. Do you remember that? 
No. We saw two, in fact. One was Baron Mordo taking uh, his magic back from Benjamin Bratt, a.k.a. the dude from Miss Congenial. Oh, yeah. Why did he do that? Because he was... Because he's clearly the bad guy now. He's like, you know what the problem is? Too many magicians. And he goes back and oh. takes takes that dude's magic from him or whatever. Oh, that's so mean. Yeah, he took his legs away. He's just trying to play ball in the city. Yeah, just ball, when ball is life, but you're also a magician. <laughs> no, and you're also crippled. As a as a person with back problems, how did that make you feel? Did you want to go to Comertage and get some magic training or what? Yeah, hell yeah, I'll go to that camp. I'll go to that summer camp and learn some Eastern shit. I would love to do that. And then the other the other sequence at the end was the appearance for the first time in quite some time of Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. No, fool. Who? Thor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, he had a mug that was filling up with yes, beer. Yes, and he looked all rugged and not at all good looking. Oh yeah, what are we gonna do about that, <laughs> Lady Boner? Listen. Just- uh, Chris Hemsworth's the best looking man on earth. He really is. I don't think anybody's going to really try to argue that point with you. There's a couple other candidates, but I put Hemsworth at the top of my list. Whoever cast him was right on. They they, they should win an award. Is there an award for casting? No, but actually there's a, there's actually a documentary that's come out. Boy, I could come up with the name of it if you gave me a couple minutes. But it's about a woman who was a casting director and like the... Like she cast fucking... Like she discovered everybody in the 60s and 70s and 80s and had just one of the longest most illustrious careers and started the careers of so many important actors and actresses and uh you know there's no academy award for her role and a lot of people lobby that there should be um so that's definitely an interesting question but um actually all the casting for most of the marvel mcu movies is done by one woman her name is sarah hallie finn and she does everything, I think, and she probably oh, what a fun job. Yeah, I mean, dude, just having people come in and read for stuff. And I actually recently rewatched the J.J. Abrams Star Trek from two thousand nine, which Chris Hemsworth has a ten minute role in, and he he does so much with a ten minute role; it's incredible. Like it was emotional, it was Aww. awesome, and it was super duper young Chris Hemsworth, and he was badass in it. And so I remember when they were casting Thor and like there were all these rumors of like pro wrestlers and all this stuff. And I was like, no, what? And they cast Hemsworth and I was like, never heard of him. Weird. You'd think you want a, you know, a name attached to, you know, that movie so that people, it's the first movie. Like you got to have a name to that people recognize. But yeah, it's literally perfect. And as you're going to see in the next movie, Thor Ragnarok, it's great. This movie... I, we'll talk about it on the Thor episode, but man, it you finally get an idea of who Thor is and what he's all about, and it finally makes sense. Is Natalie Portman in it? Just tell me. No, she's not. She did. Guess we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited. Okay. Next movie, Thor Ragnarok. Say bye. Bye. Peace. Let's go get strange. <laughs> in bed. I was going to say, we already got strange. Ah! Okay, bye. And that concludes a super fun, super strange episode of the Movie Quest podcast presented by Nerd Nexus. I recall that one being a ton of fun to record with Julianne, and it's always much more entertaining for me when she's really engaged by the film. So uh, that was definitely leader in the clubhouse for her favorite at that time. 
Tune in next episode for Thor Ragnarok. As always, make sure you visit nerd-nexus.com, find us on social media, and rate us highly wherever you get your podcasts. Catch you next time, nerds.